Hey everyone, welcome to episode 73. Tonight I want to talk about a tale of two teachers. So, the real question is this. What does it take to make the gospel come to life? If you are struggling with what you believe, or if you do believe, but you want to feel the truth on a deeper level, or even if you are experienced in your faith and you want to deepen your relationship with Christ even further, what steps can all of us take to not just bring the gospel to life, but to cause the gospel to bring life into us? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Robbins, and welcome to Bringing the Gospel to Life. Alrighty, so I had an interesting experience today that I want to share. Oh, it was powerful, and uh, here's what it was. So have you ever have you ever seen someone that's exactly the opposite of what you want to become? So that that's what happened today. Um, I want to tell you about this last so this last training meeting we did today and I'm nervous to share this because you never want to share bad things about someone but um so I'm not going to mention names but I I think I can share this by sharing a story that Elder Richard G. Scott shared but I just want to echo that I have the same experience that he had today but today I called the tale of two teachers because as I've sat throughout this entire week of training and being with these amazing teachers. Um, I don't know, today was an interesting one because instead of meeting with just our area, we were meeting with a whole lot of people throughout all of Utah. And so we were just having a whole bunch of presenters and not necessarily like lessons where you could have conversations with groups, but there was this, anyway, so that we had five or six speakers today and I had an experience that just, man, Ugh, I saw exactly today what I wanted to be, and I also saw exactly today what I didn't want to be. And what I wanted to be, I saw in some of the teachers, and exactly what I didn't want to be, I saw in some of the other teachers. And the thing that scared me so bad was just watching some of these teachers and the way that they presented things, and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be that person. But the reason that scared me so bad is because I probably am that person so often. And so... I want to share today the difference between these two teachers. So I'm going to first start with a story from President Elder Richard G. Scott because what he experienced is what I experienced exactly, but then I can tell you a little bit more detail about what I went through. But um, he gave a talk called To Acquire Spiritual Guidance in a general conference a, a while ago. And he described these two teachers that he met, and I've never realized how vivid and how powerful this must have been to him as an apostle, but now I do. So here comes the story. Now I share an experience that taught me a way to gain spiritual guidance. One Sunday, I attended the priesthood meeting of a Spanish branch in Mexico City. I vividly recall how a humble Mexican priest leader struggled to communicate the, the truths of the gospel in his lesson material. I noted the intense desire he had to share those principles he strongly valued with his core members. He recognized that they were of great worth to the brethren present. In his manner, there was evidence of a pure love of the Savior and love of those he taught. His sincerity, purity of intent, and love permitted a spiritual strength to envelop the room. I was deeply touched. Then I began to receive personal impressions as an extension of the principles taught by that humble instructor. They were personal and related to my assignments in the area. They came in answer to my prolonged prayerful efforts to learn. As each impression came, I carefully wrote that down. In the process, I was given precious truths that I greatly needed in order to be a servant of the Lord. The details of the communication are sacred, and like a patriarchal blessing, were for my individual benefit. 
I was given specific directions, instructions, and conditioned promises that have beneficially altered the course of my life. Subsequently, I visited the Sunday school class in our ward where a very well-educated teacher presented his lesson. That experience was in striking contrast to the one enjoyed in the priesthood meeting. It seemed to me that the instructor, instructor had purposely chosen obscure references and unusual examples to illustrate the principles of the lesson. I had the distinct impression that this instructor was using the teaching opportunity to impress the class with his vast store of knowledge. At any rate, he certainly did not seem as intent on communicating principles as had the humble priesthood leader. In that environment, strong impressions began to flow to me again. I wrote them down. The message included specific counsel on how to become more effective as an instrument in the hands of the Lord. I received such an outpouring of impressions that were so personal that I felt it was not appropriate to record them in the midst of a Sunday school class. I sought more, I sought a more private location where I continued to write the feelings that flooded into my mind and heart as faithfully as possible. After each powerful impression was recorded, I pondered the feelings I had received to determine if I had accurately expressed them in writing. As a result, I made a few minor changes to what had been written, and that, then I studied their meaning and application in my life. Okay, like, here's the, here's the thing. is like, I can't describe to you, like, that line where it says, and strong impressions begin to flow onto me again, because here's what happened. As the meeting starting today, as the meeting started today, we basically there were four instructors that I want to talk about. So two of them um, were in the morning and two were in the afternoon. So here here was the situation with the two morning ones. In the first one, the first one stood up and just shared a whole bunch of different pieces of advice that would benefit our students in the seminary classroom, and that was that was his presentation. The second one stood up and taught how Adam represents um, our human condition and taught us how Jesus Christ is taught in the story of the Garden of Eden. Okay, and I'll just give you a quick example because this was so moving to me. Notice that Adam and Eve were naked in the Garden of Eden. This is what he taught. But as soon as they eat of the, free, the fruit of the tree of life, they realize that they're naked and they try to cover themselves up because Satan tells them that they need to. Now, here's what was so powerful. And so I've never thought about it this way. But if you read in Genesis, it says that Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. Now, think about that for a moment. I've never considered this. But like, have you ever tried to cover your body with leaves? Like, first off, <laughs> it's painfully ineffective. And second, think about how long that would last. But then think about what happens later is as God calls them and says, hey, um, what are you doing? And they say, we hid ourselves because we were naked. And God gives Jesus Christ this very specific commandment to cover them and clothe them and to make a covering for them. Now, it's so interesting that the covering that Jesus, that our Savior makes for his children is out of leather. Because think about how long leather lasts in comparison to a fig leaf. Now, obviously, leather can be destroyed, and there's that, and that's granted. But, like, think about leather clothes. Like, how long can those last? Leather is a permanent covering, whereas fig leaves are a temporary covering. Think about that for a moment. We as humans, it would seem, tend to try to cover ourselves temporarily 
whereas the Savior tries to cover us with something that will last forever. And that teaching about the atonement and how his, his atonement covers our sins forever, whereas throughout our lives we as humans, when we get in trouble, we try to cover our sins with temporary things. Oh my gosh, the way that the Spirit impacted me and like, oh, it was so powerful and just like, oh, my mind was racing for a whole hour afterwards. But that in comparison to the first one, it was, the difference was so drastic. And I'm not saying that like the first presenter was bad. I'm just saying, I know what happens when you put Christ at the center of a lesson and you allow the Spirit to teach instead of you telling people to what you think they should do. Or when you're studying the scriptures for your own, stop looking for advice, please. Like, I don't want to offend anyone, and I have a hard time sharing this just because people are like, well, I've been doing that my whole life. So, like, you're saying my experience in the church is wrong, and I'm saying, like, no, I'm just trying to share what's made my experience really come to life. And, like, man, watching this man teach about Christ's covering for us, as in contrast to how we try to cover ourselves, it was such a powerful experience. And I know what kind of teacher and student I want to be. Okay, the second example. So after lunch, we had two other presenters. And this is where it really hit me. The first one got up and he stood up and he said, you know, I work with uh, mental situations and mental case situations. Like I teach all the time about how mental health relates in the scriptures. And he says, every time I have a class at the start of the semester, I'm always so tempted to get up and share all the things that I think I've learned about mental health. And then he's like, and then I stop myself and I remember that if I would just teach the story of Abraham and how Abraham represents God, that all my students' mental health answers, questions would be answered right then and there. And like, it was so touching to watch him teach the spirit, the, sorry, the story of Abraham and how it teaches about mental health and how Abraham just like God, he, <laughs> Abraham knew he wouldn't have kids in this life. Think about that parallel with our Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father knew he wouldn't have kids in this life. The Savior knew he wouldn't have his own children in this life. Like, think about the, think about <laughs> how frustrating that must have been. But then one day he receives a promise that if he sacrifices his son, then he will have children and posterity that number the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. Like I've never considered that that promise is the same promise that God was receiving if he would sacrifice his son. And like, oh man, like what that taught me about parenting and promises and how God relates to us was so powerful. And then after that lesson, we had another teacher stand up and he spent an hour and a half teaching about all of the things that he thinks we should personally learn and apply from the, from the, from the story of Liberty Jail. Watch, oh man, and I just, it scared me. I watched this guy teach his opinions and his advice and his personal, this is what we learned from this story. And it bugged me so bad because, and the reason it bugged me so much is because I think I do that so often. 
I'm sure I've stood up so many times on this podcast and in front of my classroom and then when I've personally been studying and been looking for like, man, I think this is what this story is teaching. And man, this is such great advice. And like, man, this is this is what I would do from it instead of looking for what this story teaches about Christ. And like, I just know now like what kind of teacher I want to be. I don't want to be the person who stands up and says, or the student who goes into a scripture block and finds a new piece of advice and then tries to apply it and then fails because I'm not good enough. Instead, I want to read a scripture story and find out what a story says about Christ and be so inspired by his love that it melts my heart and like inspires me to want to be better because I'm filled with so much love. That's the kind of teacher and student and person that I want to be. And I'm not bagging on those who do the other way because, you know, I do that. I'm I'm sharing that. Like, that's why I wanted to share it that way because, you know, I'm the biggest offender here. But like, I know what I want to be now. And I want to be the teacher and the student that connects to the Savior and lets his example change me instead of doing it on my own and thinking that, well, I can oh. Oh, it was just so frustrating to watch that other teacher try to hold our attention with his own power. That's really what was so interesting. As opposed to the other one who let the spirit teach and like it was so insanely powerful. And I don't know how many of you out there will relate to this, but like I just that was the tale of two teachers that I experienced today. And I definitely know which one inspired me a whole lot more. And I just want to be like that. And so if you're listening to this, and if you're a teacher, or if you're just a student of the scriptures, or whatever you are, if you've been a person whose your gospel experience has been solely based on advice and thoughts of other people, I know why your experience is dead. I know it. I know exactly why. But if you're someone who's had a moment where you've watched a beautiful teacher, or you've had a personal experience in the scriptures where you don't look for advice, or virtues, or good thoughts, or cool insights, but you look for what a story is trying to show you about Christ, and then the Spirit testifies of it to you, I know that you understand what it means to have the gospel come to life, and I'm happy for you, and I hope you keep going with it. So please, whatever that means for you, go out and do it. Let me know if this helps and what you think about it, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.